0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries.
1: Well, I think uh, this this is a great question because... It seems to me, as we've been counseling or working with and consulting with churches who are trying to implement a disciple-making strategy, it seems to be it's a little easier to start it. Right. It's more difficult to keep it going. And exactly. I would say even in our own churches, which right. we've been a part of. It's easy to get people excited initially about anything. Just long term it takes a little time. So here's what I would say. You have to adopt a strategy where you're gonna be a Home Depot type of church. Okay? Here's what I mean. Uh, I can't
0: so I go in and I can't find anything. Is that what well, you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> isn't it not <laughs> That's amazing? A personal problem. Yeah,
1: but isn't it amazing that you can ask any one of those employees there, right? You know, where are the lug nuts for oh, okay. yeah. uh, a half inch bolt? I'll seven.
0: Yeah, it's they like, they know everything. It's like what? I can't in the find anything. World? Yeah, I, I
1: think it's part of their strategy, but moving on, sorry about but that. But listen, they can even tell you what I, what I was on. You still can't find yeah. it. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> okay. Here's the thing about a Home Depot strategy as opposed to Walmart, okay? When you go to Walmart, you just buy stuff. Okay. Right. You're just buying tools. You're buying, nobody helps you. You can't even find an employee at Walmart that'll help you find it. They see you come and they run.
0: Love Walmart, by the way. I love Walmart.
1: Well, and you go to Walmart and you say, hey, can you help me? They say, I don't work in that department. (laughs) You ever heard that happen? <laughs> like, that's not my department. It's like, okay, uh, can you call someone? But anyway- i had some great experiences at Walmart, by the way. Well, I'm not but saying maybe, it's bad. Maybe. I'm not saying it's bad, but here's the thing about Walmart. Walmart <laughs> is a system set up where you do the work, or they do the work by selling you products, and right. you just kind of purchase and go home. Okay, whether whether you do it or not, it's up to you. Finished product, yeah. Yeah, a Home Depot mentality is this. You do the work, and we'll help you do the work. Okay, so we're, we're here to serve you. So when you come in, we're going to help you find paint colors. We're going to help you with sandpaper. We're going to tell you how to do the work, but you're going to do the work. Okay. So basically, and I don't know if Walmart's the best example, but the best example is Home Depot. That's what you want to create as a church. Right. The, the mentality is not you doing all the work yourself and people watch you. Yeah. Okay. It's you come in and we can help you. You do the work. We'll help. You have to shift your mentality as a pastor to that. You have to realize that your goal, Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 13, the goal of an effective church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Paul didn't say to execute the work of ministry yourself. Right. You're not doing all the work of ministry. That when you do all the work of ministry, you are crippling believers, paralyzing them from doing the God-given ability and talents and, and, and ministry God's given them. So... When you understand that, you realize that that's the goal long-term. You have to keep fuel on the fire. You have to keep putting logs on the fire. How do you do that? A couple ways. Number one is this. You have to, as a pastor, if you're listening as a pastor, a leader, Sunday school, life group teacher, men's ministry, women's ministry, children's student, you have to continually keep discipleship at the forefront of the ministry. Mm. So here's a couple things. You season your sermons With Discipleship illustrations Mm. So when you start your sermon Or the illustrations you'll say hey I was in my Discipleship group last week we were Memorizing the book uh, of Ephesians There's nothing greater guys Than seeing an accountant struggle With Ephesians 2 and move on Okay you just move on you just gotta leave it there Or I'll say hey I was memorizing With my group the scripture last week Or I was reading the F260 plan With my guys and man this is one insight We found wasn't that neat And then you move on so that's the first first Thing the second thing you do is you preach sermons on discipleship. I have since I started preaching done a series every year, two to three to four weeks on discipleship. I've done, and some of these may sound familiar. I've done a series called Growing Up. I, did, I, did I feel a,
0: like there's a book out there under the same title. Could be,
1: could, could be. be. <laughs> I did a series called <laughs> Firmly Planted, I did a series called Bearing Fruit. I preach through the F260 plan. Obviously, that's a big discipleship series. I preach sermons like the the devastating dangers of not making disciples, okay. uh, how to be a co-worker and not a consumer. Uh, I preach sermon series on disciple making and discipleship on spiritual discipline. So the point
0: is. So what is your goal in those series each time? So when you're preaching those series, what are you thinking? Here's what I want the people to take away from the series beyond just the general idea of discipleship.
1: Yeah. So I want them to take away something that they can put into action. Or I'm challenging them to do something. Mm -hmm. I'm not just preaching to the head, although I am in a sense, but I'm preaching to the head that is assimilated through the hands and the feet and the heart, right? So I'm preaching in a sense that motivates them. So some of the series would be get in a discipleship group. Some of the series may be be a better student of the word, read the Bible daily. Some of the series may be prayer and fasting and silence. So I would say that's another way.
0: Well, and one of the challenges I think is when we start ministries like this, we want everything to be set it and forget it. You know, like when you think of Sunday school or rotisserie. uh, Remember that thing? I do. Showtime rotisserie. <laughs> you remember that thing? The Showtime. Uh, I, I think I may have bought it, one back in the day. Made,
1: I have too. <laughs> set it and forget it. And the problem is we've forgotten
0: about we it. We have forgotten. Oh, <laughs> no, now no one knows, um, whoever Ronco is. But uh, I think one of the challenges is we want our ministries to be so simple that we don't have to spend time maintaining them. Mm-hmm. We don't want to spend time putting effort into them. And so a ministry like Sunday School that's been around forever, we kind of get the gist of it. And it's generally not too successful in some ways. In other ways, it's great. I'm not putting down Sunday school. I'm just saying people kind of know when they come in what they're getting into with that. With discipleship, it's such a new paradigm for a church. um, The leadership can struggle with what is this supposed to look like long term? So it's exactly what you're saying. We have to constantly be reminding our leaders and our people and ultimately ourselves as to why this is taking place and why it needs to take place whereas some other ministries of the church come to worship on Sunday mornings that's that's been around for a long time so you don't really have to advertise and try to and try to hold that up what are some other ways that we can continue to increase and sustain successful discipleship so mentioning it in the sermon from the from the pulpit obviously that's going to be a place where more of the people hear about it what are some other ways you think could be uh, effective i would that? say even let's let's stay on sunday morning i would say even the announcements
1: like when we're doing our announcements here at right. long hollow we are constantly talking i mean every week there's not a week that goes by that we don't talk about some part of the pathway the discipleship pathway which is moving people from worship into life group, into D group, which leads to changing the world. So, what we say is, what step are you on right now? What step are you on? Take the next step. So, if you're in a life group and you haven't committed to a D group, do that. Right. If you're coming to worship and you haven't committed to a life group, take the next step. And so, we challenge them through the announcements. But another step is, we have a, 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 a the way we do our invitation response time here at Long Hollow is, Years ago, I realized it's very difficult to counsel people in the two to three minute stanza of a final closing song with the band playing and couples coming forward and trying to sign cards or, hey, I want to give my life to Christ or I want to take. It's very hard to do that. So what we do is we still do a closing song, but we invite people during the closing song to go to our next steps area. Now, for us, it's a room that's off the worship center. But at Brainerd, we had it as a room at, in in our in our uh, kind of our traditional service. We had it as a room outside of the worship center on the way out and then at our b x service, which was a contemporary service, we just had it out in the lobby at a table. Brainerd Baptist Church
0: being a previous church that uh, Pastor Robbie was at, just yeah. to clarify, yeah yeah, so
1: the church I was previously at we didn 't have a room off the worship center. But even in the BX, which was our multi-purpose facility, we just had it as you walked out. I just stood with uh, with uh, some other guys at a table, pastoral staff, and when people would come out, I would say, hey, meet me here for the next step in your spiritual journey. Now, that next step could be a first step to follow Christ. It could be, hey, I'm interested in a life group. Pastor, I've heard about discipleship. I want to get engaged. I want to serve. I want to be in part in mission, missions in the church or missional opportunities. Okay, so what you do is you move them to the next steps area. And the next steps area would be a place where they can respond. I would just say when you're telling people that their spiritual journey is a process and not a point, remember, this is a big thing. We talk about this a lot here. Salvation is more than just telling people what they're saved from. Right, right. Salvation includes not only what you're saved from, but what you're saved for, mm-hmm. right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 doesn't stop at 9. 10 is connected to 9 and is, is equally important. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not a gift. It's not of your own doing. It's a gift from God, not as a result from works so that no one should boast. Period. That's what we stop most of us. But then it picks up. For we are Christ, comma, for we are Christ's workmanship or God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. So here's what he's saying. You're not just saved from sin. You're actually saved for sanctification. Okay? okay? So that gives credence to this idea of a next step. So that's what you would do holistically as so a pastor at the fr- leader.
0: Yeah, so at the front end of our services generally, in our announcements, we take the opportunity to remind people or inform them if they haven't been before that there is this step of discipleship biblical community, missions, whatever it may be, but we're talking about the discipleship element right there in our announcements. And then at the end of our services, as we talk about next steps, we're reminding them again to, so basically whether it's an illustration in the sermon, at the announcements, in the beginning of the service, or at the decision time, next steps time, response time at the end of a service, we are constantly putting before our people discipleship and getting in that on that discipleship pathway.
1: Here's the Christian life. And this is, yeah, you're exactly right. Because here's the example the christian life whether it's old or new testament which is the same has always been reduced to the word picture or the picture in your mind of walking okay your christian life is a walk it's not standing still it's not a destination you get to it's it's the journey the the growth happens in the walk not the arrival okay here's what i mean when god was in the old t- even the first encounter with mankind what was the activity that God was engaged in with Adam?
0: The activity He was engaged with with Adam. Walking. Oh, whew. I was going to say. There that. you go. There you go. <laughs> you gave me the answer, and I still couldn't get it. Okay, <laughs> it's it's early. I know, it's early. but it's early. It's early. <laughs> but here's the
1: deal. But here's reality. It says God walked with Adam in the garden. Okay, during the cool of the day, God walked with Adam. Isn't it any wonder that when God tells Abraham, hey, I want to develop a relationship with you, and by the way, we're going to do it as you walk to the promised land, to Canaan. You're going to walk on this long journey. Meets him in Ur, you're going to walk together. God goes to Moses. We're going to have a lot of time together, Mo. We're going to walk together, which should be a six-month journey. We're going to walk for 40 40. years. (laughs) That is a long Long time. It (laughs) says God even walked, I forgot one, God even walked with Enoch, and then he was no more. God translated him to be in hell. Okay. So the Christian life in the Old Testament's a walk, but think of or the, or the, the relationship with God in the Old Testament's a walk. The Christian life in the New Testament. When Jesus calls his disciples, he says to them in Hebrew, come follow me. In Hebrew, that word follow is the word walk. Come walk after me. Okay. So what does that mean? We are constantly moving people through a journey called the Christian life. Okay. So we're not saying come and just get saved. We're not saying come and just be a part of the church. That's a part of it, but that's the beginning of your Christian life. So I would say when you're thinking of your church, how to keep the discipleship movement going, you think of it as moving people through a process, through a pathway. Here's the second thing. The second thing is you have to offer long-term ongoing training. Okay. Okay. So, Here's what happens it, it's kind of like a vision or a mission of your church you have to constantly keep the vision and mission before your people pastor leader listen or, or minister of the gospel if you're listening if you're minister in the church nonprofit when you start feeling like you have said the vision and mission of your church and you're sick of hearing yourself talk about it your people are just starting to hear it <laughs> just starting to hear it you know you're thinking do I have to say this again? Our, we exist to know God, find community, make disciples, change the world. Like, we say that every week. People are just starting to hear it, okay? So if that's the case with mission and vision, how much, how much more do we have to do it with disciple making in our church? So, we offer training once or twice a year, okay? We offer training where we do it in the beginning of the year, best time to do it. People are getting off the bench in the game, deciding if they want to be involved in disciple making in the church. So what we say is this, or what we do is this. We offer them a training to help them get off the bench in the game with our discipleship summit. We train them how to find a group, how to lead a group, how to reproduce a group, what to do in the group. Okay, So we do that at the beginning of the year. We also do trainings throughout the year. This summer, we're going to do a training on how to share your faith uh, in the disciple making process and how to do it not as a pitch, but as a process through relationships. Okay, how to build friendships with lost people, how to reach your neighbors, how to do a neighborhood hangout. And then in the fall, we'll do some training as well, which we call our lead event, which is where we do more training on discipleship and life groups. So here's here's the point. We're constantly doing a dual attack. Okay, think of it this way. Just kind of break it down. You have to have for a successful military attack. And you're in the military. You have to have an air attack and you have to have a ground attack. I know the Marines don't like to give credit to the Air Force.
0: Hey, we give credit to the Air Force, just not the Navy. Oh, okay. the Navy. That's the, what it was. You, you omitted the sea attack, which is fine by me.
1: Yeah, okay. We did not say this
0: <laughs> Or the National Guard. i no We love I'm the kidding. National kidding. Guard. We yeah. love these guys. Yes. Okay.
1: But I know how you Marines are. Okay. But the Marines, Army, ground attack, and you need an air attack. Okay. The air attack comes in, then the ground attack follows. Okay. So the ground attack, or let's start with the air attack. The air attack. Is from the stage, right. the preaching, from the platform, announcements, next step, 30,000-foot kind of overarching right. disciple-making themes. But then you need a ground attack. What's the ground attack? It's the training. It's the consistent training periodically
0: through the year that will help people stay engaged to the discipleship process. Right. So you've got training going on throughout the year. You've got those platform announcements during the sermon, illustrations that you're planting in your sermon intentionally to drive people there with next steps. Uh, One of the final pieces, and I know we do this at Long Hollow very well uh, on a consistent basis, um, is celebrating the win, and in uh, a lot of churches, like, for instance, this this week, we had a lot of baptisms at our churches. It was great. We celebrate those baptisms, new life in Christ. Uh, we applaud that. We see it. But we also find a way to celebrate discipleship in action through typically, uh, it could be a testimony, but a lot of times it's a video where we walk with, hey, here's where this person was. Here's the, Here's how they are. How have you seen the impact of those celebrations help uh, just bring some more success to the ongoing uh, discipleship process. Well,
1: uh, this is a great point to end with too. I think because what we're doing is we're changing the scorecard. For so many years, we have said the scorecard is number is numeric. Right. The scorecard is financial, and the scorecard is a building. Yeah. Okay, which those things are important. You need those things to do ministry. Sure. Not not discounting those things, but they can't be the only things we gauge the only successes in the church. So, what we do is we we celebrate those things, but you'll notice we move beyond those things. Because let's let's be honest, you can baptize a lot of people mm-hmm. and praise God for that. Right. But the question we ask is, where are the people now? Yeah. Pa- Pastor, just go back and do some research. How many people you've baptized over the past 10 years? Just run a report. And then look at your worship attendance. Don't look at membership because can some of the, the FBI couldn't find some of those people? Okay. <laughs> FBI some churches say we have fifty thousand on the roll and we have two thousand meeting on Sunday. We got six hundred Okay, we get that. We don't know where those people are. Population but let's,
0: of the town forty thousand. Yeah, towns <laughs> forty
1: thousand. We have fifty on the roll. Right. Okay. But here is the reality. The, the The reality is worship attendance weekly will help you gauge kind of a, a, a better uh, number for uh, the comparison. Here is what I would do: compare baptisms over ten years to worship attendance increase or decrease. And then you'll see, and you'll ask yourself the question, what happened to the people? Right. Yes, we baptize people, but what happened to those people? And a great thing to do is just kind of follow up with those people. Yeah, that, that, That's a great ministry for you to do with your outreach ministry. Just follow up on the people who supposedly
0: committed to follow Christ, and let's get them plugged into this pathway. Right, right. That's great. And, and I think that's where a lot of churches uh, struggle with having that Awesome on ramp to the church, but then the challenge of that back door that can be just as active if we don't have successful discipleship ministry taking place.
1: Here's my favorite line. I'll close with this. My favorite line when people ask me, Hey man, how many are you running? You know, that's what people say. You go to the convention, go to a conference, hey man, how many are you running? And what they're asking is how big is your church on a weekly basis? My response to them, and honestly, I don't know, I don't I mean, I look at the numbers, but I don't I don't know them offhand. But my response to them is, you know, honestly, I don't know how many we're running, but let me ask you personally, Pastor, how many guys are you personally discipling right now? Personally, personally discipling. What are you talking about? I'm running a church, I'm I'm leading a business meeting. I'm dealing with thousands. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a time to. And (laughs) the interesting thing is this that's not how Jesus would have answered. Hmm. Jesus could have named you every guy that followed him. He could have told you their spiritual condition and he would have given you their plan, his plan to grow them into a maturing disciple after him. So if Jesus was intentional about discipling a few, shouldn't we be?
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.